it probably didn't take you until you'd finished building your incident response plan to realize that you may actually want some outside help. We look at the benefits of hiring a managed security service next on the Cyber 24 podcast presented by Valcom. Welcome, everybody, to the Cyber24 Podcast, the weekly pod dedicated to helping business leaders and governmental leaders better understand the often intimidating topic of cybersecurity so you can make better decisions for your organization. We also look at interesting cybersecurity stories in the news and help make sense of those so that you can learn lessons from the pains other organizations have had to experience. My name is Marty Carpenter. I work in strategic communication, public affairs, and general problem solving. I'm joined by our panel of cybersecurity experts back again. Dan Schuyler from Valcom, Anthony Boise from Sophos, and Paul Whittier from AdLumen. Guys, thanks for being here again. No better group of people to put together on a discussion about cybersecurity, period, but particularly when we hit our topic for the day. And this is hiring a managed security service. So let's start with some of the fundamentals. What the heck is a managed security service? What does that entail and what does it do? And let's go spin the big wheel and we'll go to Dan to start things off today. <laughs> yeah, managed security service provider, if you will. Um, they provide the security services that uh, a company either can't afford to provide or doesn't necessarily have the in-house expertise to provide that level of service. So they contract with what's called an MSSP to provide that security service for your organization. And security is a all-encompassing term. And depending on the structure of your organization, whether you're a healthcare organization, financial services, what kind of data you're a data custodian over, will will depend on the type of service arrangement that you have with the MSSP. If it's just simple endpoint and email security to as something as, uh, as more technical and comprehensive as managed threat response, which we'll hear from uh, Anthony about, or MDR, which we'll hear from um, Paul from. So the level of services uh, varies greatly depending on the type of organization and and your budget, your security budget as well. But you're, you're contracting with another organization to provide you with a level of security services. All right. So is it right then to think, it, it sounds to me like this is more of a patchwork, right? That I think, I guess the best example that pops to my head is when you have some kind of home renovation project, you have uh, a number of different specialists who handle different elements of that. You know, you might have a demolition company, you might have a tile guy, you might have a cabinet guy, carpenter, plumber, whatever. And then you've got uh, a contractor who's coordinating that. So Dan just outlined a couple of things and said, hey, Anthony will speak to this, Paul will speak to this. So I guess that's that's my setup to that question. And, and does that help you speak to that, Anthony, and then Paul? Is it kind of like that? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's kind of like that. Sure. There's um, not there as badly, but right. well, well <laughs> there's just definitely kidding, multiple. No, there's definitely multiple facets um, of of having a managed security service, and uh, you know, one of the things that are referenced is it's um, is it's uh, inside of this managed security service. So that managed security 
um, service provider, uh, being that MSSP, a part of their function could be providing an MDR service. So you're going to hear acronym SOUP probably in this call as well, sorry, in this uh, podcast, as well as uh, many other pods that you've listened to. Um, but MDR is the managed detection and response. So that's just like, for instance, one one service that's provided. There's also the data forensic incident response. So that's the, the differ um, and, and so on. Now, depending on, on who it is, yes, like you said, is like, is there the ability? So for instance, in the scenario you laid out, I would say that Dan and Balcom could be that general contractor or be the uh, be the the um, project manager over the entire thing and bringing together the correct resources. Now, uh, it could just happen to be that you have your your tiling and your plumber and your electrical guys, they're all the same, the same company and, and so on, right? So there's many hats definitely that they all wear. But um, but with partners, for instance, like Valcom and, and, and partnering up with Valcom, they will be able to definitely bring in the experts in the space. Sophos is one of those with our MTR service, the managed threat response, both from a preventative perspective as well as from a a reactionary if, if need be. For instance, if you didn't have this service and you got hit, someone could come in after the fact, and that would be something kind of more of like a rapid response type service that Sophos, just as an example, Sophos would have. But then there's also the preventative stuff. And these preventative things, they can actually help you avoid you know, the attack. So they can strengthen your security posture. They're not just there ready to pull the trigger when they see the bad thing, right? They can actually proactively prevent bad things from happening just in, in those types of services because they're looking and able to look and to find certain aspects. So let's just go back to, for a second, you're going to tile your floor. If I was tiling my floor, I would go, there's a floor, here's my grout, here's my uh, my, my mixture of cement, my glue, whatever, lay that down, put down tiles and go, why isn't that flat? Why are the tiles all like, you know, messed up? Mind you, I bring in an expert and before anything even goes wrong, they're able to see that the floor is not level. They're able to see where there's high point, you know, and so on and so on, right? You can, right. you get the analogy. So, so by having the appropriate skills, by having the appropriate skill set and therefore people, uh, and, and bringing in a, a company like Valcom, for instance, and partnering up with Valcom, they'll be able to, to line up those that can assess the landscape, provide proactive, preventative measures, and even some potentially reactive if and uh, if need be. Yeah, I would, I would agree on that too, Anthony. So in the, in the networking side or the, you know, the IT side, you know, you're going to get a generalist to start. So if you're a smaller company, the first thing you, you know, maybe you can't even afford one IT person. Then you're going to look at, you know, like Valcom or, or another MSP to provide your IT services. Now, as you grow a size of a company, you may actually, you know, that's usually around 500. You may get someone who specializes in cybersecurity. Those guys don't come cheap. Um, you know, also just kind of looking at an article here in March on and CNBC, there are 2.9 million open cybersecurity positions around the world right now. So, to if one, if you can afford a cybersecurity expert, not a gen, not an IT generalist, but an IT security expert, they don't come cheap, and they're difficult to find right now. So, you may look to an MSSP or outsourcing. Maybe you don't need 
a security specialist full time, just like I don't need someone to come in and do drywall all the time. I might, you know, if I'm going to do drywall, I don't want to do it. Um, you know, there's people that do it way better than I do and, and, and can do a much better job. There are cybersecurity experts, just like Anthony said, with the flooring, they can come in and they can evaluate what's happening inside of a network and help you set up and configure your network correctly so that there's no IT operation failures so that you don't get hacked in the first place. I can't say enough, having a good expert in the cybersecurity world, you, it's, it's invaluable, right? You have to have that person. And, you know, this article that I'm reading, it actually ta- or read, it, it talks about, you know, the cost of someone not taking the precautions of getting the right cybersecurity help that they need. It, it could be detrimental and, and, and quite costly for that matter. One breach, um, you know, very, very expensive. Breaches can be extremely expensive. Yeah. Uh, the uh, guide we've been using for our discussion over the past several weeks from Sophos mentioned something called a managed detection and response provider. Is that sort of one of these, For just to continue with our analogy here, is that sort of one of these subcontractors that's a specialty within this overall uh, managed uh, managed security service? Is that the right way to think about that, Dan? Yeah, most, most MDR providers are a standalone vendor and they have their own SOC or a security operations center. And what MDR provides an, an organization or, a, or client is uh, deep insight into the network traffic and the logs that are being generated by all the log emitting devices on that network. And those are your endpoints, your laptops, your desktops, your servers, your firewalls, any device on a network that generates a log emitting, uh, that's a log emitting device and generates a log file can be uh, captured, uh, can be analyzed and correlated and alerted on by an MDR service. Um, uh, like uh, Podium and others. Uh, let's take a quick break and we'll be back with more after this. But first, uh, I want to mention that Valcom is a Utah-based IT solutions and services provider with the drive for getting IT right. From ironclad security to computing and beyond, Valcom's 35 plus years means they have the experience and the expertise to help your business from desk- desktop to data center. We'll take a break and be back with more on the Cyber24 podcast presented by Valcom right after this. Listen, IT leaders, I know how hard it is to manage your security posture. With dozens of different security technologies that vary in process, application, and response, wouldn't it be nice if you had security baked right into your actual server hardware? HPE's Gen 10 servers offer exactly that. As Utah's biggest HPE Platinum partner, Valcom believes that your server infrastructure should be a priority in your defensive strategy. Protect your organization with innovations in firmware protection, malware detection, and firmware recovery, right down to the silicone. Learn more and check out Valcom's on-demand webinar with HPE at vlcm.com slash server dash security. That's vlcm.com slash server dash security. Aren't you glad there isn't training for the fish to teach them how to avoid your hook and bait? Informational phishing is big business for hackers, and they love that your end users don't know how to identify it. Attacks have shown record growth in recent years, and a solid security awareness program is an integral part of any defense in-depth strategy. Lucky for you, Sophos has created a phishing attack simulation and training for your end users. Sophos Fish Threat educates and tests your end users through automated attacks 
attack simulations, quality security awareness training, and actionable reporting metrics. So train your users how to avoid a hacker's hook and bait. Go to vlcmtech.com slash fish. That's vlcmtech.com slash phish. All right, welcome back. We continue our discussion with Dan Schuyler from Valcom, Anthony Boise from Sophos, and Paul Whittier from AdLumen. Uh, guys, what about Data Forensic Incident Response Services? DFIR, I think, is the acronym for that. What are those? What role do they play? Are they another one of these uh, sort of subcontractors, or do they have a different place in this overall landscape? And let's uh, let's go to Anthony here. Yeah, no. So they absolutely are a uh, one of those other players in the in the space for sure. And you would be potentially bringing in one of these services uh, to to start kind of really pulling out some of that uh, forensic uh, information and trying to piece together um, a lot of the a lot of the happenings and kind of grabbing the evidence and grabbing uh, anything that's possibly gone on so that you can kind of paint this picture from whether it's for insurance companies or for legal purposes or whatever it may be. So you can paint this entire picture of how you went from, you know, time of inception all the way through to today, uh, going through the event and, and so on. So really kind of stringing and kind of putting that that needle through and, and stringing it, the pieces all together so that you can present uh, essentially a case um, uh, to 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 uh, to respond to said incident after the fact, whether you're, again, presenting to legal or to uh, insurance or some other kind of governing body. Yeah. Dan, what, what are some things that a company should consider when deciding to bring on outside security help? What are some of the things that if you were uh, in that advisory role just saying, hey, here are the things you really want to look for, can you give us a couple, maybe two or three top line things you'd say, this is really where you got to make sure you get it right? So there are a couple of things that a company should consider when deciding if they want to outsource their um, security services or their security strategy, if you will. It's just the level and availability of security resources uh, and what your security budget is. First, can you even find somebody uh, in this environment that uh, can provide you with a security strategy that'll meet the needs of your organization? Can you even hire somebody um, that can provide you with that service level, if you will? And, and is it within your budget? Um, but for an organization that is looking to potentially outsource and is looking to an MSSP for specific services, again, it varies based on the the mission statement of the organization, whether they're healthcare, financial services, uh, we mentioned this before, what type of data custodian they are, but you're looking for a, a MSSP that can provide you with a strategy, um, services and products that can increase your overall security posture and lower your security risk. That's really the goal and objective that you're trying to achieve when contracting with an MSSP. Yeah, there's a lot of compliance regimes as well. You know, a lot of people look at these policies, you know, like Stell accounts or, you know, all these different policies that regimes will put in PCI, HIPAA. And, and people are like, they're making me do all these things. But in reality, the things that they're making you do from the compliance regimes is to have better security posture. A good security expert is going to know, you know, what things need to be put in place. And, and to be quite honest, 
a lot of people set up their networks wrong. They set up their firewalls or configurations wrong. You need someone else that's a security expert to make sure that things are set up right. I've always said in this space, you could buy the most expensive, highest tech security appliance or product. If it's set up incorrectly and you don't have a good security expert setting it up and managing it and watching it 24-7, it doesn't become a valuable tool. You know, and, and it really is in the hands of an of a master and a cybersecurity expert that it becomes valuable. Data, you know, you think of all these things, uh, firewalls could could push out a, a thousand, you know, critical, you know, incidents every day that you need to go look through. Do you have the resources to go through those incidences and 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 see if they're really valuable or not? That's what a cybersecurity expert, and there are tools out there as well that cybersecurity experts will use that help bring down the level of noise so that they can really focus in and be highly tuned on what's wrong. And, and unless you, you can do that, you could have you know, any firewall, any endpoint vendor, any mail security product. And if you can't hone that down and really understand what's happening from all the millions of noises that are coming out, you're going to be lost and it's really in the hands of a cybersecurity expert that the tools that they use become valuable and, and, and really give you um, insight into what's happening in your, in your business. Yeah. Good insight. Dan. Paul made a great point about an uh, independent third party assessment of your security controls and security posture. Um, th that is critical. We're, we're our, own worst enemy when not identifying gaps and vulnerabilities, whether it's security, whether it's what have you. And so having an independent third party come in and review your security posture is critical. And that's a service that many, if not all MSSPs can provide and one that I would strongly encourage organizations to, to leverage and take advantage of. Yeah, and most compliance regimes will require vulnerability testing. And that goes with our last episode of doing fish penetration testing. Penetration testing and vulnerability scanning and monitoring this stuff is really done well in the hands of an expert. Yeah. Uh, great insight all around, guys. We're up against it on time. So we'll jump to everyone's favorite segment. What's cool this week? And a lot of pressure because last week's was so great and people still talking about it. But I want to, uh, well, I'm looking around to see who gets picked on first. Anthony looks particularly excited. So Anthony, I'll start with you and ask you, what's cool this week? So again, for those, uh, those playing at home, I actually have a new toy that's going to be, uh, I'm hoping to do a pre-register for here shortly. Uh, last week, I spoke about the electrical the electric vehicle lineup coming from GM. And this is actually, for my what's cool this week, is this electric motorbike. Uh, it actually fits, I think, from a style uh, perspective, as mentioned last week, it fits very similar to, to that of the Cybertruck, which... Uh, ideally, I will be receiving by around March next year, uh, and and this this electric motorbike it can it can do eighty miles an hour. It can uh, it can it can do uh, roughly about eighty miles on a, on a charge, and um, and it's a four thousand uh, watt hour battery. Uh, and it's just I like the design of it. It's quite different for again for those uh, watching at home. It's Sondos, so I don't say my R's, so I'd say Sondos, but it's S-O-N-D-O-R-S, and uh, and it's just a really, it's called the Metacycle, 
And it's a really, I think it's a sweet machine and uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's like a hundred bucks for a, to throw down just like the Cybertruck for a pre-order type thing. And it's actually got a price tag of, of $5,000, which is actually quite good uh, when you start thinking about uh, available electric motorcycles uh, available today. Yeah. Last week, we told you that one of the cars you showed us looked like a toaster with wheels. I'd say this one looks a little bit like a staple gun with wheels. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know everybody at home is like, yeah, I just have to take your word for it. But, you know, that's what it looks like to me. But no, very cool. Thanks, Anthony, uh, for sharing that. Uh, Dan, you got stuck going last last week. So let's go next to you. And Dan, I'll ask you, what's cool this week? Well, this isn't a new piece of technology, but it's something that I recently purchased. Uh, I wanted to try it out. I read a review about it. It's the Philips Sleep and Wake Up Light. Um, so what it does is it wakes you up by generating or simulating a sunrise in your bedroom uh, along with some audio, some audio from nature, whether it's the ocean or birds chirping. And the thing I like about it is it wakes you up nice and gently, not to music or to an alarm clock. And it's been pretty cool. I, I would say on a scale of one to 10, I'd give it an eight. Uh, the interface is not that great. So Phillips, if you're listening, you've got to uh, improve the interface, but it does what <laughs> it does really well. Uh, and it wakes you up gently and it's really, really cool. Yeah. Doesn't Dan look more relaxed? Can't you just tell? Like, I wasn't yeah. sure what it was, but there's a, just a glow about him this morning, you know? Uh, okay. Hey, that's very cool. I've always wanted to like, I don't know. I've, I've never really dabbled as much as everybody else seems to have in, uh, smart devices and things in the, in the home, smart home things. So, uh, that's an interesting one. I have to give that one some thought. All right. Uh, Paul, we'll ask you what's cool this week. I actually thought Anthony was going to take this one. I'm really surprised. But, you know, SpaceX, man, they just launched 143 satellites in one payload. That's pretty amazing. And and I kind of did the math. I was like, it's at least a million dollars per payload. That's $143 for one launch. <laughs> That's a lot of money. Uh, someone's making a lot of money off that. But it's really cool to see, you know, the United States back in, in the forefront of space you know, space travel, space exploration, and, you know, SpaceX, really cool U.S. company, goes right along with Tesla and, and the electric car and everything else. Really cool to see that technology. And then Starlink, the satellites that they're launching to have high-speed internet all over the entire globe, uh, kind of good and bad, I guess. But, you know, if we think cyber is going away anytime soon, we're going to have it everywhere. Yeah. Uh, really cool stuff. I'll, I'll wrap up with this on what's cool this week. And that is somewhere along the line. I let, uh, as we all can from time to time, if we all pay attention, you can let technology sort of advance and you don't notice it. You just, it's not something you're thinking about in one particular aspect. I have, uh, a bunch of uh, external hard drives, uh, but they're the old kind that you can feel like spinning. And I've always had uh, difficulty with them after a certain amount of time. So I kind of looked in to see what my other options were. And just recently I bought this, uh, a credit card sized Samsung drive. And I'm showing it to everybody on the camera here. It's a, it's a T seven is what they call it, but it's a solid state drive and it's about the size of a credit card weighs a little more than that. Uh, and it's a terabyte and it's fast as all get out to move files. So files like this podcast gets saved onto uh, that drive and it just zips back and forth. Uh, whether it's a rendered file, that's a big, you know, multi uh, gigabyte uh, file that has to go on there 
real quick, like you guys are all probably thinking, yeah, solid state drive. It's been around. It's new to me. So just deal with it for just a minute. And I'd say that's what's cool this week or this week, five years ago, depending on how uh, behind the curve I may be. But I'll tell you, for me, it's made life a lot better. And without moving parts in it, it I just know that it, it can actually not just be external. It can be a mobile uh, drive that can go with me different places and let me uh, work both on the desktop and on uh, my laptop and just get more stuff done. So that to me is what's cool this week. You guys use something like that. You guys are probably way ahead of me on the solid it, state drive stuff. It's just cool that you can now carry a terabyte of data in your pocket. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, awesome stuff. Well, guys, I appreciate your insight this week. Thanks so much uh, for being with us. As we wrap up for this episode, I want to thank our sponsors at Valcom. At Valcom, you get much more than a dedicated IT retailer. They become an extension of your IT team. So whether you're a startup or an enterprise, Valcom has the technical sales and the engineering expertise to make your business more effective and more productive. Check them out at vlcm.com to learn more about Valcom's end to end solutions, the technology vendors they partner with, and more. That's vlcm.com. I also want to thank our supporting partners, the Utah Department of Technology Services, the Kem C. Gardner Policy Institute at the University of Utah, our friends at Secuvant, the Utah Attorney General's Office, and the Utah Department of Public Safety. You can follow us on Twitter at Cyber24 underscore, or you can follow us on Facebook as well. Hit us up in either place to let us know what you think, or if you have a topic you'd like us to discuss on a future show, you can also rate and review the podcast on Apple. Apple Podcasts, and boy, do we love five-star ratings. Thanks, everyone. Have a great weekend. Stay safe online.